So this is a time if uh, anyone has any questions about anything that's been said today or about your practice or about the theme, this is a, a time to speak up, yes. A, if you just wait for the mic, because this is being recorded, I'll just let you know. So if you, if you don't want your particular question to be recorded, you have to tell us and we'll just stop it for a moment. But it's for the benefit of all beings. Hello, I, I have a question about the role of feelings in the practice. Mm -hmm. well, can you be a bit more specific? So, um, too much attention to them, not uh, a lot of attention, not too much attention. Mm -hmm. uh, are they distractions? Don't let them become distractions. Oh. Signposts. So, uh, I would say that, that feeling, being aware, is, it's not about uh, too much or not enough uh, attention, but it's about the, what kind of attention you're, you're giving the feelings. So uh, we are sensitive beings, you know, we feel on a physical level, we feel on an emotional level, um, you know, we, we, we feel a lot. And the Buddha actually gave it, it's a bit of a gross uh, simile, but the Buddha gave it, he said that human beings, we're like, we're like <laughs> a cow without a hide that is a living cow without a hide that is surrounded by flies. We're feeling, it's, it's agitating, it's painful, it's irritating, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is to be, to, be, <laughs> to, be a human, to be a human being. So to sort of ignore feeling doesn't quite work, you know. Um, but then also just to get lost in feeling doesn't work either. So it's about paying proper attention to feeling. And, um, you know, if we, if we really pay proper attention to feeling, this can actually there at the, at the place of feeling can be the place of really letting go. So there's, um, you know, as long as we have this, this sense doors, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body and mind, and, and there's contact with, with any of the sense objects that, that come into contact with those doors, there will be, feeling will arise. You know. So, and then feeling, it can be, in its simplest terms, it can be pleasant, painful or neither. So that's, for me, that was something that I found very, very helpful, those three terms of feeling, because I used to get very lost, before I was practicing, I would get very lost in feeling, nuances of feeling, you know, walk into a room, pick up all different energies and feelings, and, and it was very complicated. And uh, I remember talking to uh, one of the teachers in England, Ashton Sachito, and, and uh, about all of this kind of complexity of feeling, and not knowing what to do with it all, and it's all a bit overwhelming, and he said, well, there's only three kinds of feelings, you know. I mean, there are more actually, but you can hone it down to three. Pleasant, painful, or neutral, neither. And that was just like, oh, you know, that's totally simplified my life. <laughs> because then you can just look, okay, there's a fe the feeling is there, and it, what is it? It's, it's painful. And then instead of getting into all the stories of the feeling, it's like, oh, painful feeling. And then there's just presence, mindfulness of, of painful feeling. And you know that if you stay with it, or if you don't stay with it, either way, it's going to change. So staying present with painful feeling, knowing what it is. Sometimes we can change it. Sometimes we can bring in something wholesome, like in that meditation where we're breathing in a sense of well-being and breathing out what we don't need anymore. We can start to transform feelings. But sometimes it might be just be a physical feeling that's painful or an emotional feeling that's painful. And then we bring presence to it. And if we're really present, even with quite you know, even with physical pain, if we're really, really present with it, it's not anymore, you can't call it painful anymore at some point, it's just sensation. 
And then as we move out of presence, it, it gets painful again. And it's the same with pleasure. If we're really with pleasant feeling, it's just, you know, it's pleasant. It's, it almost becomes unpleasant, actually, when we're really with it. And, and it's changing all the time. So uh, feeling is a very important uh, link in the chain. If you, it's, it's the weak link in the chain that where you can most easily um, break the, the cycle of, of following pleasant feeling in order to get, you know, pleasure and following and, and pushing away from painful feeling. And in a way that's what keeps us caught is this constant drive towards pleasure and, and aversion from of pain. So in the, in the practice we're learning to be with all of it. The painful, the pleasant, and then the neutral, which is the most difficult to be with actually because we don't notice it. And um, sort of hidden in neutral feeling is, is ignorance, which is, a, which is a cause of suffering. So when we're not noticing neutral feeling, which is a lot of our experience actually, then there's this kind of unawareness. So learning to be with what is neither pleasant or painful is, is very important. And that then has a certain peacefulness to it. So at first it's just kind of feels kind of nothingy or meaningless. Sometimes like when it's physical, sometimes it's because we're not used to being present. So we might, have, we might do a body scan and have like 95% neutral feeling because we're not used to really being present with the body. And then as we keep practicing mindfulness of the body, then the feeling kind of opens up more, start to feel more. Um, so, you know, mindfulness of neutral feeling, it, surprisingly, is very important because then it's also a large part of our life. You know, if we're not able to be with what's kind of neither exciting nor, nor painful, then we're always seeking stimulation. You know, this is where the movies are about sex and violence and, you know, power and, you know, because that's exciting, it sells. You know, a, a movie about neither pleasant nor painful feeling is not going to get many takers. <laughs> but, we, this, you know, this is part of the path of awakening is to, is to be present with all of it. So that, that's the most difficult one to really be with. Yeah. So, um, thank you for this this day long. It's been very useful thus far. Um, and to speak to the topic, um, so I um, volunteer every week at Zen Hospice Project in San Francisco, and I sit with the dying. And I came to that practice because I didn't want to look away. I wanted to look towards what I had aversion to and fear. And so I've been doing this practice weekly um, for quite some time. And this last week, um, I just got knocked off my, my balance. Um, a woman who is at the guest house is 40 years old and she's dying of cancer. And uh, she's leaving behind a husband and a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I am 46 years old and am with husband and four-year-old. Mm -hmm. So um, I sat with her. She can hear, but she can't, um, she can't recognize. She can just lean towards the sound um, at this point. And uh, so I sat with her and I, I expressed how I felt about where she is and um, my sorrow about where she is and my fear 
of where she is and trying to, I shared with her what I believe um, and uh, in my, it's really hope, it's not really, it's just a belief, right? And then I got into the, after I left for my shift, I got into my car and in that moment of opening the door and sitting down, I, it was just, why not me? Why not mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. in that bed right now? Mm -hmm. I can get in my car and shut the door and drive away. And I haven't been able to find a lot of ground in the practice since that awareness. And so I've been sitting and I've had some aversion <laughs> towards this and that you are having this day long and this practice today was so useful. But, um, and I can look at it, but there's this, that aversion towards dying, towards death, like the conversation, the story is not yet. I'm not ready yet, not yet, not yet, not now. And I, that's repeating and repeating and repeating. And then this, but if not, like, but, but why not me? But why not me? Mm -hmm. So I have these, t this real, <sighs> difficulty in being able to carry this you know in life this is it's valuable valuable teaching mm. and my heart is open and breaking and those two are there all the time mm. and how do I function how do I function like without crying every time I see something beautiful in my child or something painful in another, it's like, how do I function with this beauty and this pain? Always, always there. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm being with it, I'm looking at it. And uh, it was helpful to sit with it today and know that yes, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, I don't know what the question is, other than how, how to carry it, how to hold it. I mean, you're already doing it, isn't it? Because you are functioning. Because you're here and you... you it's just like you maybe not functioning the way you, you thought you, you should, you know. But you are functioning and, and you're just getting used to, um, you know, the, the way things are by... Because, you know, sometimes in our life we get confronted, you know, with something which touches us suddenly, you know, very deep, and then it takes some time to get used to it. And, and then we think, you know, we can't function, we can't kind of cope with it, but actually we can. And, and you obviously can do it too, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to speak about it, you know, you would be totally lost in it and go crazy, but you don't appear crazy to me. So, <laughs> you know, you are coping with it, and it will just, you have to just allow yourself that the, you know, the process it takes to you know, to integrate that and then the next hit is going to come, you know, if you are practicing, that's how it is, you know, because the practice is about sensitizing ourselves, you know, and becoming more receptive to truth. And then ever again, you know, we're going to meet uh, like a new threshold, you know, and then in the beginning we think, oh, we can't actually handle this, but then we always can, you know, until the next thing comes and it's going to be like this until everything has been integrated, you know. And there is no particular way how we have to be. And there is, you know, it is, it is, I think it is intelligent, you know, 
do not bite more often you can chew. Maybe then sometimes you have to just take some time off, you know, and say, maybe for two, three weeks I'm not coming or, or whatever, you know. And I'm sure in the Zen Hospice Project they have uh, some plan, you know, for if people go into that state. And then you just pull back a little bit, look after yourself, and when you're resourced again, you go ahead again and meet it. And yes, I think you're already doing it. But it's good to share it, isn't it, with others who understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from. And then you, you find out you're not actually not alone with this, and you're actually doing fine, because that's a natural um, progression you're going through, you know. And, and then other people can say, you're on the right track, just keep going, persevere, you know. Because it's, you know, this, the, the, the quality of patient perseverance, you know, is the most important ingredient for the practice. It's not like a very flamboyant quality, but it's that, you know, just to keep going and pushing against, you know, what, what is comfortable, just a little bit, but not kind of letting go of that, you know, just going, going forward in terms of, you know, going towards that which is maybe difficult to, to bear, you know. And then sometimes knowing also when to stop and, and pull back a little bit. It's an art and a science, you know. Like learning to drive a car or learning to play the piano or learning a sport or anything, you know. You have to just, by trial and error, you, you just, you, you become an adept, you know. And the Buddha has shown the way, so we just need to, uh, you know, follow it and and um, persevere. Mm -hmm. I just want to add something. Is, is that in the know, back. when you're talking about the? Sorry, I just want to say a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah. When you're speaking about the. You know, like being with your son, and and the, like how heartbreaking it is to feel how much love you have for him, and then how heartbreaking it is to know that you know you or any of you actually could die. It's that it's like those are the two truths that the Buddha brings together, of the the reality of that everything is empty. We we all everything that's born is going to die, and that's the truth of the way things are. Everything, planets, universes, all of it, everything that's born will die, and and then the truth of sentience, you know, that we are, we are feeling, like we were saying before, we feel, we're sensitive, we're connected, we're interconnected, there's love, there's connection, all of that is also true. And, and there's somehow he brings those two together, those two truths, because you can't, you can't only stand in one or the other of those two, they, they, are both, they both belong. And, and it's like what you're doing is, is really opening to both of those and the, and the impossibility of both of those, and yet, they do come together, so stay with it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. No, no. Um, today has been very, very rich, and it just warms my heart to see women nuns in the monastic <laughs> tradition. It just makes me very, very, very happy. Thank you. So thank you for, for being. Um, there were several things that I was thinking about, but what comes to my mind right now is when you spoke about comfort and our privileged life we have here in, uh, in America. 
And I probably have a pretty small footprint by American standards, but I understand it's very large compared to um, the poverty in the world. Um, having said that, I recognize that I am always seeking comfort. And th the point of that is my son, who trained hard in the military, and you know, he says, Mom, you're always thinking about comfort. <laughs> and I am. It's kind of like, do I have my cotton sheets on my bed? <laughs> you know, I'm allergic to the other kind. And you're just reminding me of the consciousness that I don't know really how to be other, even though I know um, what is so in the world in terms of deprivation and pain and suffering. And uh, I know enough to be grateful for my own life and the quality of my life. Um, so I don't know how to move out of my comfort. You know, stay awake to that and yet not <laughs> give up seeking it? Is, is that the task, to give up seeking comfort? Uh, I'm just thinking out loud with you. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really natural tendency <coughs> for a human being or an animal, anything actually, mm -hmm. to seek comfort. Even amoebas, to some degree, seek comfort, they say. You know, if you put an amoeba in a petri dish and put a scalpel down, it'll move away from the scalpel. I mean, and that's like a, a very, very basic form of life. So we, we do, we do uh, seek comfort, but it's more like um, knowing when's, when enough is enough. I think that's really what it is. And, and is what we're doing, you know, is it, is it harming others? You know, is, it de is, is my comfort detrimental to other people? Because if we just keep on, you know, seeking more, better, bigger, newer, etc., it 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 is harmful. It is harmful. It might it might not look like it, and you might say, no, we're building economy, it's all good. But if you look on a global level, it's you know people are being exploited in order for that to happen, and and it is detrimental. So I think it's more like knowing when enough is enough, and and, and appreciating little comforts. You know, appreciating simple comforts. So, like, just appreciating, like, having enough to eat. We have the, the, what we call the four requisites. The Buddha gives us this, this reflection on the four requisites. Do I have a roof over the head tonight? Yes. Oh, that's great. Appreciate that, you know. Do I have enough to eat? Yeah, I have enough to eat today. That's great. Do I have uh, clothing to keep me warm and, and covered? Yeah, got that. That's, that's really good. Do I have medicine? I mean, he has a very basic l low standard of medicine. Do I have medicine that I need? Not like totally the best thing, but basic. Yeah, got that. So then that's good. And then anything more than that is, is more. But just like, I think developing a sense of gratitude and, and contentment for what we've got, it lowers the, the constant need for, for more comfort, more whatever, because it's partly driven by not really being with what we, not appreciating, not taking in what we have. So, and it's not to say that we should be uncomfortable. You know, there's, there's I'm sure nobody, you know, you know, if it's somebody in a, in a difficult situation isn't going to want you to be uncomfortable and it's not going to make them any better, but just to be, just to know when enough is enough and to appreciate what is, what you have, yeah. And, and also, I guess, the sharing of what you have. You know, in, 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 in so many different ways we can do that. 
Yeah. You know, time and, and advice and, you know, being with people and money and, and many things we can share, you know. Use the mic, because we can't hear you, actually. Thank you. I'll finish. Um, I'm aware that I, that I try, but I also am very aware that I fall short. And I don't say that in terms of being negative about myself or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm just aware that that's so. But that, you know, you know kind of cultivating the awareness yeah. around, you know, having remorse about that, for example, yeah. if you really practice with that, it's going to change, you know, okay. because the awareness of remorse, for example, that one feels I could have done more at this one occasion, you know, not turning away from that remorse is transformative, you know, it's just like, I mean, there's nothing, you know, which you cannot um, work with through, through the practice, you know, yeah. if you feel like I would like to be more this or more that, and you can't do it, then just, you know, be with the feeling of that, that longing, you know, and then uh, channel, you know, channel your energy towards manifesting what you're longing for, really, and, and go, uh, you know, and, and kind of meeting the resistance, and it's all practice, you know, and, and as soon as you infuse the, this, you know, this, uh, process, you know, of remorse and longing and all of them, what's all the mixed in here, if you infuse it with um, awareness, it's going to, uh, you know, the alchemy of change is going to take place. And then, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, whatever, you know, the sting of the remorse is going to do something, you know, if you don't, you know, de drink 10 whiskeys on top of it and, and distract yourself. It's, it's going to have a result, you know. It's pretty simple, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so now you can use, you can use everything for, for the practice, you know. You just need, you know, we don't need to force ourselves to do something we can't do, but we just add mindfulness to, to the process and, and, and just let that do the job, you know, because you can't do it because you have to actually get out of the way because you are caught in all of this because of you kind of a thing, you know. So you have to uh, take out of the you by adding mindfulness and then trusting it will find a resolution, you know. And the resolution might surprise you, but as soon as you are really true to your intentions, you know, that the whole universe will support you to live it, you know. And and, you know, what, what will be the result mightn't be, you know, the ideal, you know, what you want it to be, but you're going to be something, you know, and that, that's why we are shying away from it, because we don't want to give up that control, you know, because the, the practice is, you know, it really requires us to jump. Is it like a springboard, you know, you, you have to go there and then you have to jump and you don't know where you're going to land. So... Mm. If you don't want to do that, then you're never going to, then you're always kind of tiptoeing around it and then suddenly you're on the deathbed, you know. And, and then you get really scared, you know. Because you don't used to jumping, but because when you die, then that's the ultimate, you know, letting go. So it's, you know, anything is a preparation for, for that. Yeah. 
I don't know. Is that the Where's microphone the mic? bearer? Is the gentleman here? Yeah. <laughs> Good exercise for you, isn't it? <laughs> so I was um, thinking about <coughs> what, what you said earlier about your manic depressive times. <laughs> and I don't I, use those words. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're fluctuating, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I realize that um, there's a, my mind comes up when I imagine this neutral, flat place where there, that, that's, you know, the mind is bringing it to me just as a, as a little bit of a barrier. But it, it's like, am I willing to give up the pleasure of, and the elation and the joy, you know, that's in order to also give up the, the downs and the depressions. Um, and so I know that's not what you're talking about, is it? It's, it's, it's not like there's this flatness at the end of the day. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I would like to say I think, I, is it on my microphone? Yeah. Yes. I think I said that before, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not about giving that up, but it's about sensitizing to yourself what's really here, you know, because if you're caught in those extremes, you know, the mind is pretty coarse, you know, it can only feel, you know, really strong things, really big things, really loud things, you know, and then the subtleness, you know, of what's already here always escapes that mind, you know, so a mind which is, is trained and then develops the, what's called the seven factors of enlightenment, you know, that mind is sensitizing itself so it can be with the subtleness of the beauty and the wonder and the mystery of what is already here every moment, you know, and then you are not dependent on these highs and lows because they you know, it's like kind of having rock metal, or how is it called? Heavy metal rock, you know? Oh God, I can't <laughs> hear it, you know? It's kind of that kind of intensity. And, and then you, you can't really listen to some really subtle, very beautiful music because your ears are just used to this very coarse, you know, uh, entertainment. So it, it's kind of weaning yourself off from those extremes and you're not losing anything you are actually a whole new world opens up, which is much more satisfying because, you know, if, you, if you're not like wavering up and down to like that, <clears throat> you know, the, the ability to actually savor what's here, it's much greater and, and it goes in much deeper and the satisfaction which comes from it is much more what you are really looking for, you know, because we are looking for peace, you know, we are looking for resting, we are looking for, um, you know, like opening and, and just really forgetting, you know, about ourselves. Whereas when we are caught in those extremes, they are just um, fortifying the sense of self, you know, and it is, is it, there is never a resting place there, you know, because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the intensity isn't really what what we are looking for. We are looking for, uh, you know, letting go really, and and that is something you know through the practice 
that's it becomes it comes more clear because then you suddenly you know you go out into nature and there's nothing special going on just like the sun you know on the leaves or something and then you you notice it you know actually this has much more um, satisfaction in it than you know flying high up in the sky you know but this is something which is very difficult to communicate it's, it comes you know experience can uh, only really communicate this and maybe poetry sometimes can you know some forms of art can but you have to try it out for yourself and and in order to be able to you know experience that you have to let go of these extremes and and that's something you know we we are not taught you know like in mainstream culture because mainstream culture wants to make us believe you know that we have to buy all of these things in order to experience all of those highs in order to stay young forever and all of those things on top of everything so it's it's difficult you know to find one's way through it because it's very seductive and it's it's very clever and it's kind of relentless yeah thank you mm-hmm. i just want to add a little bit because uh, since you were responding to what i was saying in the talk because i think uh, particularly that the bit i was the time i was referring to it wasn't so much about you know, like following course things. It was actually through the meditation practice, experiencing kind of bliss and, and kind of highs and all of this wonderful thing. So it was actually quite subtle, but it was very high. But the, 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 the mistake really is attachment, is attaching to that. And then, you know, you attach to that and it's like, yeah, this is all great. And then you get the lows and you attach to that, oh, it's all dreadful. And that, so it's more like learning to let go of the attachment to any of it and being mindful with it and and I would say because it, it the logic is like you know the highs are nice the lows are difficult and the the plateau is like deathly so <laughs> <laughs> so let's just stay with the highs and the lows and 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 that's what it that's what we think but then the the what actually happens is the highs are high the lows are low and when we when we come into more presence we move into almost like a different dimension of, of fullness so it's like we move out of the ups and downs into a fullness, whether there's up or down or, or neutral, is that there's a fullness to it. So it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, more, a fuller dimension to our experience. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. We could have one more question if you like. Yes? Somebody's Please. got the mic. Hi. The last question that is. Okay. Um, in the Jewish tradition, this month is a month for introspection, and one of the things that is required is also making amends. And wanted to ask you if Buddha talked about making amends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For example, in a monastic life, where is okay. In the monastic life, we have like a ceremony which is say asking for forgiveness. You know when when you're leaving a place for longer than a few days, or when you come new to a place, or when you, you know, s- take leave from your teacher and things like that, you ask, there's like a ceremony, you can ask for forgiveness, and, and then that person also tends to ask you for forgiveness afterwards, you know. So it's, I think it's considered, a, you know, to clear the, clear the karmic entanglement as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It's considered a very skillful thing to do 
and if there's something you know which is unclear to really make an effort to find a way to to clear it yeah mm -hmm. yeah I, mean, I don't know how explicit the buddha is about that but he does really you know it's it, there's this acknowledgement of like we create karma and with others and then and that needs to be unraveled and it, we c it can be done in one's own heart that can that can happen you can I've experienced that, you know, where, where there's a very entangled, complicated, and painful relationship, and just to be able to entangle, uh, disentangle my side of it, being in, it was enough to let the whole thing just disentangle and, and transform. So it can be like that, or it can be that we just really need to go to that person or write to that person and say, "I just want to acknowledge I really was really unskillful, or I really blew it, or I, I'm sorry that I was so whatever it is, and I want to make amends," you know. And and whether they receive that or not it doesn't matter. You do your part. We can't make we can't make um, the other person forgive us, but we can humble ourselves, you know. And then and in doing that, it's it's quite a challenging thing to do. So it's also like an incentive to not keep making the same mistakes again and again. So. Okay. Thank you. So now we. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.